As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good now. You can't hear me? Yes. Yes, you can. We can. No, sorry. Um, uh, Doug, I'm curious. Uh... Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Wednesday morning podcast. Birds with friends. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn. Zach, this is, uh, you know, you, we we were talking before the pod. We said uh, we're, we're finally getting you a morning pod. He said, this isn't morning. This is this is the heat of your day. This is nothing. That is correct. Uh, I would say good morning to both of you, but it's really good mid-morning to both of you. I've been going at this now since uh, 5 a.m. or so, right? So uh, excited Big for this luck. pod, excited for this week. This, you know, Wednesday is when the page turns to the week ahead in a huge game against the Jaguars. We're talking to Doug Peterson this morning. We have Jalen Hurts this afternoon. We have Nick Sirianni midday today. So there's a lot going on and, uh, excited to start it with with the two of you you really do like you can you can sense the uh the pep the energy in your in your step here this is fantastic it's a new week new opportunity I'm excited yeah you know it's interesting there's a lot going on uh you know i like to i like to sort of catch up on what's going on in the world um in the morning and, and twitter helps me do that it says uh and these are the big stories here they've got we've got the hurricane obviously we're worried about yeah. uh people down in florida it says the justice department says seized Mar-a-Lago materials. Uh, list is full and accurate. All I that knew stuff. that's where this was no, going. That's not, no, no, no. That, that stuff we know about. And then the number three thing here, and this is important. This is like, this is what Twitter is good for to let you know what the important things going on in the world are. Uh, actor Dean Kane's tweet about wearing mask on a plane is discussed. Any thoughts, Zach? Uh, no, I mean, honestly, my attention has, has been diverted elsewhere. It was a bad day in Philadelphia yesterday. Um, so I, 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 I was uh, consuming a lot of that type of content this morning, but um, 
no, I, I'm not familiar with the Dean Kane uh, story. I, I, I will leave that to you. Um, right now, my focus is on uh, preparing for Eagles Jaguars. There is some news at the top we can get to. It's very minor news. But LaRaven Clark got signed Excuse off. Me. Pro- Excuse me. Are you going to okay. let you can't if you're going to do that, throw it to yourself at least. <laughs> oh, we're doing the Stone Cold. OK, I don't know if that merits Stone Cold Newsman. Level. Well, you wanted to talk. You wanted to lead the show with it. You thought it was that important. So you might as well toss it to yourself. Nah. Well, OK, let's toss it to myself. There's actually a few nuggets that I can share. So let's let's get to it. Brandon Graham won NFC Defensive Player of the Week for his performance against the Washington Commanders. It's the second consecutive week that the Eagles have had a Defensive Player of the Week and the third week in a row this season when the Eagles have had a Player of the Week from one side of the ball, if you were, or from a side of the ball, I should say. If you recall, uh, Zach McPherson won Special Teams Player of the Week after Week 1. Uh, then yesterday afternoon, the Raven Clark did not, or, or he was signed off the practice squad by the Tennessee Titans, so he's now a member of the Titans. The Eagles lose a veteran offensive lineman. And what's also notable is the Eagles did not sign anyone from a different practice squad to their 53-man roster. And the reason why I say that's notable is because they 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 can't keep doing this uh, this Britain Covey game where they're elevating him from the practice squad. They, were, they did it the maximum three times, so now the next time he would need to come up to the 53-man roster. So my guess is he's on the 53 uh, for this weekend's game because I believe the Eagles had until today, but I think yesterday, to sign and play from a different practice squad. So um, I imagine they'll fill that 53rd spot internally now, assuming they want Covey to return punts and kicks, as we saw this past weekend against the Jaguars. Back to you in the studio. Thanks, Zach. And obviously, um, you didn't touch on this because uh, you may be sheepish about it, but uh, LaRaven Clark leaving and going to the Titans means that he's not going to be on the Eagles roster. And that means we can close the book on flu world order, as uh, Dainiz let us know on Twitter, crowning a blowout champion in uh, the likeness of yours truly, Bo Wolf, with uh, 54 points to 73 and 72 for you and uh, the former co-host who shall remain nameless. Terrific strategy to invent games that people don't understand, win those games, and then go and gloat about winning. It's a very, it's a very easy game to understand. You just rank <laughs> the likelihood that yeah. guys are going to be back on the team. Oh, okay. I was confusing this one with the, what was the game we did of which practice squad for a futures contract players most likely. Uh, again, to an easy game to understand. <laughs> okay. Um, Nonetheless, I'm focused on the game against the Jaguars this weekend. Big game, big week for the Eagles. Curious to see how how they come out today. Nick Sirianni said on Monday that there were no uh, major injuries or, or no injuries of, of you know serious concern. We'll see the injury report today. My guess is you have a lot of players resting. I think it's going to be their typical Wednesday routine is a heavy rest day. Uh, for some of the key veterans. Maybe they have some guys limited. I think Thursday's practice injury report is when we'll have a better indication of if there's anything to worry about come Friday. All right. Well, uh, we do have some news and some uh, thoughts on the game to get to from from the last game. But before we do that, why don't we take a little break? We're going to be back with Austin Mock from The Athletic, who uh, whose model is pretty high on the Eagles. And we'll we'll talk about that when we return. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, back on Birds with Friends, Zach. That was a bit of a mouthful, that that ad read. Good for you for getting that done. I still struggle with, is it Kirk Coleman? Is that how you pronounce it? I, I stumbled there. Kurt Coleman is his name, the former <laughs> seventh-round pick. Yeah. I know much more about Kurt Coleman than Kirk Coleman, but Kirk Coleman is uh, a very beneficial ingredient of you know, the, uh, of Evo. So. Yeah. It's also got uh, Nate Allen in it. Yeah, I see. Safeties of Eagles past. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, Austin Mock, welcome to the show. Um, first of all, give us uh, give give our listeners who may not be familiar sort of the, the Austin Mock background. Give us uh, what, you, what you're bringing to the table here. Yeah, so uh, mostly I, I develop models uh, for various sports, NFL being one of, uh, one of those, um, and using a bunch of different metrics, I'm basically just projecting how, uh, you know, how well a team performs on offense, how well a team performs on defense and can basically use that as a matchup against the team they're playing. And uh, that spits out a uh, spits out a game projection. From there, I use those projections, simulate the whole season, get some Super Bowl odds, um, which I think uh, your listeners will enjoy mm-hmm. how things are playing out in that regard. Um, but yeah, that's basically my 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 the gist of what I do. And uh, I use that to, to bet on on the NFL and, and other sports. So uh yeah, that's basically me. And from a from a uh, like nominative determinism standpoint, how much did the last having the last name Mock play into uh, your like your your life's work of of creating these models? Uh, it, it didn't much, but the amount of uh, like comments that I get from people <laughs> like, "Yo, you should name the like." I did some work with uh, with uh, the, like NFL draft, and, and people like, "Oh, yo, like, what do you do?" Like mocks mock draft, like what yeah. you know. So there, there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of play on words there. It's like the weatherman with the last name Storm, or mm-hmm. you know, right. <laughs> it's like match made in heaven. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so you hinted at it, and uh, your your model is uh, quite high on the Eagles, the highest Super Bowl odds uh, of any team. And I think, uh, well, I'll let you explain it. But how much of that is the fact that you know they have this easy schedule? They are favored by your model to win every game that's left on their schedule right now and so that there's like a path to home field versus how much is like actual strength of the team based on on what you have yeah i I think the schedule is the biggest factor it's not that i have them bad i have them ranked fifth in my model right now so they're not the best team they're not the best team in the nfc um it's very close um you could they're really interchangeable with the teams at the top of the nfc um but the schedule i mean it's it's perfect i don't want to say it's a cakewalk to the one seed it because is. it's the nfl injuries could happen um we're seeing that with the bills right now their entire uh secondary seems to be gone so eagles are very healthy right now but 
like you said, I have them favored in every game. The closest one is the week 16 matchup um, with Dallas. That's, you know, Dallas has looked better than what I thought after their week one game. Um, I know Dak Prescott isn't there, but I'm expecting Prescott to be fully healthy by the time that game is played. Uh, but outside of that, like there's, there's not even that many games that are like projected to be below a field goal um, because of how soft the schedule is. So that's one, the Eagles are really good and I still might be underrating them because my model is slowly catching up to Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. is uh, the new form of Jalen Hurts. Maybe that we're seeing, um, but the, the schedule combined with just being a good team and a very healthy team at this point uh, kind of gives them the edge of, of being the Super Bowl favorite. I was I was going to ask you that as well. I'm curious when you look at at those game by games and make sure you check that out. I, I, I believe that was in Mike Sando's column from Monday where he had your model um, predicting the game by game or showing the the projected line for the game by game ahead of the Eagles. How much of that is a reflection of the way the Eagles are playing and how much of a, is it a, a reflection of some of these opponents that perhaps might have seemed more difficult when the schedule came out or going into the season, be it Arizona, be it Indianapolis, perhaps even Green Bay, uh, although your your model seems to like Green Bay, um, how much is it those teams maybe not playing up to what the early season or preseason expectations were? Yeah, I think Arizona was one um, that I wasn't super high on, but they definitely gotten worse um, through three weeks. They haven't looked overly impressive outside of like, I don't know, eight minutes against uh, Vegas there. Um, India, another one, they've kind of slow. I, again, I don't know if India's going to take a little bit to get going. We've kind of seen that with Indian years past, new quarterback, getting into Reich's system. I don't know if that's it, but um, I would say a lot, the biggest thing is is the NFC looks weaker as a whole. Um, there's been a lot of injuries to NFC teams. It seems, you know, Green Bay's had offensive line use Tampa Bay, uh, had, like every receiver and every offensive lineman seems to be injured as well. Um, but Jalen Hurts is, has, has, he is really bumped up in my quarterback rankings. I wasn't overly fond of him coming into the year. I wrote a piece about, uh, kind of who had value in the, the betting market. I thought the Eagles were a little bit overrated cause I didn't, uh, trust him. I still am a little skeptical because the schedule has been kind of easy, but you can't, I always say if you're playing bad teams and you absolutely smoke bad teams, that's a good thing. Um, I think people discredit that too much. Um, Obviously it's going to matter more when they play a a tougher, a tougher opponent, but what they're doing so far, Jalen hurts has, uh, has quieted my doubts uh, quite a bit through uh, three games. So without giving up like the, the special sauce uh, of what goes into the model, um, what are the kinds of things it's taking into account and how how um, flexible is it, especially early in the season, to sort of correct the preseason priors based on what you've seen through through and how quickly will it take to uh, to do that? And like what, what is the sample size in which you're willing to weight what's going on this season more than preseason valuation? Yeah, so there's two parts to this. There's a team value part, obviously, defense, and I think there is an offensive component that's not 100% driven by quarterback uh, play. Um, I think we're kind of seeing that when, you know, Matt Ryan, I think most people thought was an upgrade over Carson Wentz and he gets plugged into the Colts. It's not exactly, you know, being easy right away. Um, but so the quarterback, that, that data does go back a little bit further. It's not anything long term. Um, I think anything outside of really like the last three years, you're probably like looking at too too far away. Uh, of data that's useful. And, and my model heavily weights, not heavily, but weights more recent data as more uh, important. So, you know, games that Jalen Hurts played in 2020 
um, are are weighed weighed at a much much lower uh, you know factor than say games at the end of last year when the Eagles came on. Um, and, and same goes for defense. I, I th- that those things are 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 things that I think is very important. Is you need to look at how teams play recently. And I think the 2020 Eagles, 2021 Eagles, are are the exact picture of that. Things didn't get going early. They kind of switched their offensive philosophy, uh, and they, and they turned it on in the second half. So um, from metric standpoint, you know, there's there's a bunch of different things that go into it. But just looking at you know. Um, my model does strip out some garbage time plays, which is very relevant to the Eagles because they've gotten out to such big leads in these games. Um, if you look at their EPA per play, success rates, yards per play, whatever metric you want to look at, if you just look at the raw number taking in all the plays, you're probably not going to be like super impressed with the Eagles. But if you strip out the uh, <laughs> if you strip out the garbage time, mm. Eagles are number one in offense EPA per play. Uh, number, uh, I think five in success rate EPA per play defensively, they're number two in EPA per play. Um, so outside of those, they're like seven and 13th, if you don't strip out the garbage time. Um, so that is a question for me is I'd like to see them put away teams more, but it's also like, they just kind of like kept their foot on them and kind of, you know, put them into submission in the second half there. So, uh, they've just been impressive across the board here and, and everything in my model is, is being super impressed by what the Eagles are doing in your experience, barring any material changes to the personnel. So a quarterback getting hurt or adding someone who, who was not there the previous three games, a La Raven Clark. For <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the sample size where, or the, I guess the the sample size of games when you usually feel comfortable that okay, okay this is this is uh, I don't want to say an accurate prediction but but a more comfortable prediction than with a three game sample size. Um, I'd say probably I, I I'm starting to feel comfortable like say game five six. Okay, I think you one you probably are playing. A, a good range of teams, if that makes sense. Like the Eagles, I would say their schedule has been pretty soft to start, even though I'm, I'm the Vikings, I think are pretty solid, but um, you know, I'm not a big, I'm not big on the lions. I'm not big on the commanders. Um, but you know, you get six, five, six weeks in five, six games. in, I think you're getting enough, a well-rounded schedule where you can tell like, Hey, all right, this team, you know, the Eagles are, are still beating teams by a lot over the next three it's like okay this is legit if Jalen Hurts is still playing at the high level a top you know five he's playing at probably a higher level than top five quarterback in the NFL right now if he continues that for another three weeks I'm probably going to sit here and say yeah okay it's 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 a it's a change it's it's real it's not just a three-game sample that that's still small once you get five six I'm pretty comfortable um but like eight nine is when I'm really like all right this is who they are um, this is the core, this is what he is as a quarterback now. And, and my model is basically training to do that to where I would say by like week nine of this year, 2020 is probably not even factored in, um, to my, maybe very, very little, uh, into my Jalen Hurst projection, because it's just not, it's not who he is. We've seen that with Josh Allen. He was terrible for, I don't know if terrible is the right word, but he wasn't good for two years. Now he's one of the best quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, you know, very early was right on the scene. Good. So we've seen these changes with quarterbacks who who it takes time. Trevor Lawrence, we might be seeing that this year. I know they have some coaching issues, but you know, opponent of the Eagles this week. Um, but yeah, I'd say week nine, I'm definitely gonna know. 
But you know, week five, six, I'm, I'm going to start get a, a pretty good idea. You teased the Jaguars there, uh, Austin, and I'm curious how um, bullish your your model is on them. One of three teams joining the Eagles and Bills, who are in the top ten in EPA per drive on both offense and defense. Are you are you buying the Jaguars so far? <sighs> um, no, because I, I don't even I, I don't want to count their. It's tough because the division's not good. They're they're another team that could turn into like they're benefiting from a, an easy schedule. The Colts aren't as good as we think. The Titans have injury problems. They don't look as good as uh as what many thought heading into the year, but it is tough cuz second year quarterbacks tend to make a big jump. My motto accounts for that. Um it's hard to account for, I will admit, because this doesn't happen very often. The the difference between what Urban Meyer and that coaching staff had last year in place versus what Doug Peterson um has in place this year through three games it does look like there's a huge difference and i'm not denying that at all their win against the chargers i'm thinking is a little <sighs> justin herbert was hurt like the chargers in typical charger fashion had like 37 injuries in that game it took of course significant players on both sides of the ball um i think their offense is is good they do they can get after the pa passer i think that's an area that i want to see more from hertz is if he is blitzed and if he is pressure how does that hold up um but i'm still a little shy on them again it's gonna i need to see that maybe that five six games to really get a, a better feeling on if this jags you know offensive output and defensive output is legit um but i'm definitely downgrading that chargers performance considering uh, all the injuries the Chargers had uh, during that game. So if if the Eagles fans are listening to this pod and they're saying, I, I like this model, I like this team, I want to start looking at, at flight prices for Phoenix, Arizona in February, okay, who are the, the other NFC team? Or I, I, I should say, who's the other NFC team that, that you think is is closest on the tail to the Eagles? Because the model says the Packers. Um, and but both the Packers and the Bucks fit that category that I was talking about, where there would be material changes in personnel relative to what they've had at certain points this year. And, and you know, you look at Tampa's wide receivers, you you look at, at Green Bay's offensive line. Um, the the Rams have, have have had some players in and out. So who's the team where where you would say with a larger sample size is the biggest threat to the Eagles? Um. I'm going to, I don't know if it's one, I'm going to tie, I'm going to say a tie between Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Um, a lot of moving parts, like you said, I, I'm a little bit more confident in, um, I guess Tampa Bay's defense has surprised me a little bit. I thought they've been just fantastic through the, through the season so far. Um, but I trust their, I'm not saying that I trust their quarterback position more. I'm going to say it's kind of even there. Um, but their receivers, I think can, can be the, you know, the bigger, the, the thing that puts them above the Packers uh, over, you know, as we get more data, um, the Packers don't really have a, a, a receiver that's like I'm I'm excited about long term in a way. You know, they could have someone emerge, of course. Oh, Romeo, easy. Romeo, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like this Randall you know, Cobb guy. Have... I think he's got a real future ahead. Of him. Yeah, you know, it's you know who knows what's going to happen there, but it's obviously it's easier when Aaron Rodgers is throwing you passes as well. But um, you know, if you if Tampa Bay can get their offensive line uh, healthy, you know, in the second half of the year. And, and that's really one of the keys. You talk about, you know, possibly getting flights. The Eagles are perfectly healthy. It's almost, I would say it's impossible to go a whole season without the health. And that's really what it's going to come down to, I think, for this Eagles team 
is how healthy are you going into the playoffs? Um, I think their schedule works up to where they're going to get there. Um, and it's going to be with Green Bay and Tampa Bay. How are those offensive lines? Are they going to stay healthy? They've already shown that they're banged up, if you will. Are they going to be able to, to stay a whole year? Same with the wide receiver core. And that's why I'm not super high on, on the Rams. I don't, I'm not putting them into that conversation because they lost some key pieces from last year's Super Bowl team. They are, I would say, less deep than the other teams there that if significant injuries were to happen to them, they, they're not able to handle them as well. So uh, Green Bay and Tampa Bay, I think, are the two, uh, the two teams to, the, to watch out for. And they have the tougher road to the one seed. So Philly might be uh, seeing some uh, home playoff games come, uh, come January. My wife likes All that. Right. She's happy to hear that, right? <laughs> so. All right. I was going to make like a model joke there, but I think we can, we can fill that in. All right. <laughs> Austin Mock, thank you so much for the insight. You can follow Austin at amock419 at, uh, on Twitter. What's the 419? That's uh, that's uh, my birthday oh, is, uh, nice. you know, when I when I made this back in high school, my Twitter handle, I haven't uh, I haven't changed it to a more professional one. Just riding it out. So nice. it's like what <laughs> you're, you're like, you don't go all the way to 420. You go one less. Yeah. You know, I was uh, I was the gift before that day. So there you go. <laughs> well, said. well uh, awesome. Thanks for, for taking time this morning. And uh, we'll be following and, and uh, seeing how the model tweaks itself over the over the next couple of weeks. And, uh, and yeah. thanks for joining us. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Sure. All right, we'll take a little break and come back, talk uh, maybe some empty formation, maybe some Jalen Hurts, maybe some Shane Steichen. We'll see what we got. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right. Back on Burns with Friends. Zach, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Excited for uh, the rest of this podcast and especially for what's ahead today. Okay. Um, I thought, uh, tell me if you agree with me. I thought yesterday was Shane Steichen's best press conference as Eagles offensive coordinator. Agree or What disagree? do you mean by best? I thought he gave some color. I thought he was in yeah. a good mood. I thought he was willing to, willing to, share the kinds of things that you might have wanted him to share before that that aren't giving anything away but are still interesting for instance you know his his description of the last play of the, of the first half against um against washington that we were debating whether that was a jalen call or that whether that was a shane call it was a jalen call he explained uh that you know things were happening so quick i think it was as as i speculated on sunday night that they were calling two plays in the huddle, expecting that if they didn't get it, it would still be close enough to just get up and sneak. But because they lost yards, Jalen had to scramble to call something else. I think that is what happened. Um, I don't know. He gave he gave the uh, 
the description of Jalen Hurts around the building, which you had on your notes today. I don't know. You, you're skeptical. You don't agree with me? No, I'm not scared. First of all, I thought that was a very Bo Wolf line. It was as I speculated, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, it, it was, take a whiff. Oh, yeah. And speaking of taking a whiff, yeah, I think Shane Steichen did, right? I mean, his offense is playing mm. really well. His play calling has has been spot on. And um, my big takeaway when I came away from that and when we were walking out of the press conference is I think, I think they're believing what they're seeing. And I so they're, they're willing to – to talk up Jalen, talk up his team, maybe give some details. He didn't go all the way, right? Like he he wasn't he, he wasn't going to tell us he wasn't going to tell us with the empty formation why that's that's been so beneficial for the Eagles and yeah, also as talk about as 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 Bo uh, correctly pointed out, you can you got to you can check out Saturday's beat back and forth or email exchange that Bo and I do. And Bo pointed out empty then before it was getting all this uh, Twitter love. So um, if you want to find out the story before the story, make sure you read mm -hmm. Bo Wolf. But uh, yeah, I, I thought Shane Steichen, uh, he, he was more descriptive than he's been in the past. Uh, and it's, there's, there's reason to be happy in, in that building. They're playing well. Um, they're, they're coaching well. Things are, things are, are, Going swimmingly right now. So you know what I appreciate we'll about Shane Second. What's that? You know that he that he wears normal clothes. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's the only coach I've ever seen who doesn't just wear like the football guy uh, issued material during. Well, the day. Gannon as well. Gannon wears Eagle stuff. Uh, he I, usually wears that like that like uh, long sleeve, tight fitting Eagles thing, right? Yeah, I I, I think he he usually wears solid color though, not like. Uh, yeah, but it's still I, an Eagles logo, right? I mean, like Shane's I, I up there wearing like uh, like khakis and a Patagonia. Like, <laughs> I kind of respect that. There you it's go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's I mean, talk I, about the, let's talk about the empty uh, because I do think it's interesting. Um, you know, you you try to think about what ways they're going to grow the offense. You know, we we talked about second year in the offense for uh, Jalen Hurts. How much does that matter? Uh, there was a good conversation about it on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast with with Fran Duffy. And Greg Cosell, uh, that I would recommend listening to, and and they they explained, um, you know how it is that that going empty is a is a tell for mm -hmm. the quarterback. You know it's it's truth serum because the defense has to declare basically whether it's going to be man or zone. Um, but if you just look at the numbers, the Eagles last year did not do a lot of empty. Uh, I think I tweeted it out yesterday. I think it was like 30th in the league in in snaps per game in empty or something like that. Uh, the most that they had in any single game was nine, and that was in the loss to the Chargers. Everything else was never above six. And the last two weeks, they've had nine and ten snaps, and they're being very productive. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 17 of 20 uh, for like 140-something yards uh, on those plays. Uh, it's been very effective. And if you just think about it um, on a very base level, it makes sense, right? And it makes sense that this team is better positioned to take advantage of this than any other team because what's the limitation of going empty is you don't have a running game and it's going to be hard to protect the quarterback. Well, mm -hmm. when you have an offensive line that's as good at pass, pass protection as the Eagles are, you can trust that he's going to have a little bit of time back there. You also have a quarterback who can escape yes, uh, exactly. pass rush better than other quarterbacks can. And you have a quarterback who can still be a running back 
if you want to call a run play, which we saw, you know, we saw them call that QB draw uh, out of empty against uh, against Washington. And so they can still have the full complement of the offense and trust that he's going to get enough protection. And so it really is. I mean, maybe we are overstating it and and maybe they'll dial it back a little bit. But uh, it really is like this is the team that is uh, perfectly suited to take advantage of all of the uh, the benefits and not have to worry about some of the, the negatives to uh, to using that. I think you explained it well there. And the other thing I, I, I would add, too, is it also allows for pre-snap motion to get in to get some type of indicator. Right. Um, you know, you you see sometimes. You can motion you can motion someone in into the backfield. Um, you know, there's there's a handful of, of of different things you can do from lining up out of empty. Uh, I I've always liked it. You've seen college offenses do it quite a bit. It it doesn't mean five wide receivers. You know, you can you can you can be empty with with you know in 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 eleven personnel and, and move. Which is you know, what game the Eagles off. do, basically. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, I, I really like it because of the flexibility, because it allows for the quick passing game, um, because it spreads the field. You, you, you force the defense to, to cover the entire width of the field, right? So I, I, uh, I'm a proponent of it. I'm not, I've never been a play caller before other than in Madden. But uh, well, I was gonna say, wasn't did, when you were playing Madden growing up, wasn't like the ultimate yeah. cheat code going empty with Michael Vick, and you, and then it's just like you could do whatever thousand, you want. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you said that because I, I I didn't want to bring it up to to seem like all right, to, you know, just because something works in, in Madden and yeah. works in 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 real life, but you're absolutely correct. Like oftentimes, you know, things oftentimes Madden can can be like an indicator for what works in real life and uh, and empty with a mobile quarterback uh was always an appealing thing yeah uh okay what else is uh what else is going on in the eagles world that you'd like to like to discuss uh so we'll go ahead any other thoughts from the game that we didn't that we didn't talk about uh so so we 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 did get some clarification on Devontae smith we brought that up on the post game pod and uh sirianni said they've been talking about this since the summer and they they want to get the ball in Devontae's hands. Uh, it's not going to be a regular thing, but I think when you have like uh, clear return situations or situations that are high 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 leverage returns, the Eagles kind of veered this way with um, with Deshaun Jackson later on in his Eagles career, where they they use him in specific situations. I wouldn't compare. Vontae as a returner to Deshaun as a returner. Yeah, it's, yeah. But, but I I think you – I don't think this is a, a one-time thing. I, I can see them mixing Devontae in. And, by the way, like his his production his senior year at Alabama as, as a returner was really impressive, right? Um, and he didn't do it his first three years, but he, he did it that year. But that's clarification as far as that. Um, we spoke about – uh, sit boss and then working out a punter as it turns out they worked out is a Michael Pilardi was yeah. the punter who's left-footed and they were they wanted to, to prepare Britton Covey for a left-footed punter uh so was that's, your that's what was was your uh initial reaction like is that allowed that's sort of what I would like can't are you allowed to just bring in a guy like to practice basically and I wonder if I wonder if there's a if there's like a little um loophole that the Eagles tried to take advantage of because Britton Covey's on the practice squad. So maybe he's allowed to like 
be out there yeah. with a tryout guy? I don't know. I don't know either, but it, it certainly makes sense. It was it was one of those things when I heard it, I was like, all right, that adds up. Now, Otherwise, like, is Michael been... Pilardi just going to travel the league, like working out for every team before they play a left-footed punter? Something It's something to monitor. I do know Belichick used to always like left-footed punters. Because, yes, famously. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, he's someone who knows how to gain an advantage. Something to think about. Um, yeah, all you got to do is uh, get Matt Patricia to run your offense, and you're going to be guns <laughs> yes. blazing. It's not working out this year too well. Uh, what so from the game film and in going through it, I, I think this was this was 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 one of those what you saw was what you got games, right? They, I mean, they looked really good uh, in person. They looked really good on film. What jumped out to me that the numbers bore this out, but then when you watched it, it, it confirmed it um, that it wasn't really complex from a defensive perspective. They were winning one on ones. Right. And part of that was, you know, Carson wasn't helping. Um, I I was surprised. Uh, I think we I don't know if we said this on the pod or if this was in a conversation like Scott Turner didn't do anything to really help Carson uh, in 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 that game. But I thought that. Uh, Wait, hold on a second. How dare you? Scott Turner is the is the world's greatest gift to offensive scheming. He he knew exactly what he was doing. You have to fill me in on this joke. I'm just I'm I'm circling back to the end of the you you might have been asleep by then but okay. last pod last pod yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that you know we, we, last pod was a blur getting last ahead, ahead blur. of their skis on Scott Turner mm-hmm. love well if if, if 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 I recall from the last pod you were bigger on Scott Turner than I I, I mean that you was were talking, two pods ago <laughs> okay two pods ago okay yeah you've been you've been talking yeah I'm calling myself like, to account for, for like he's Kyle Shanahan for, for listening to everybody about yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, <laughs> that's a shot of myself. Um, but I, I, well, I, speaking of, uh, just parroting, uh, things that I've heard elsewhere from people I trust, uh, you say that the scheme was, was not super, uh, involved on defense, but I do think we should give credit to, uh, to the back seven, um, yeah. as, and as, and as Fran and, and, uh, Mr. Cosell described the way that they are like passing things off, um, is really impressive, especially considering that, you know, this is only the third time they're playing together when you're like, aside from Avante Maddox and Darius Slay, I guess Marcus F. So 40% of the, of the defensive backfield is new. Um, it seems like they are, they are uh, gelling. If we can use the uh, sports journalist cliche uh, quicker than maybe expected. I think there are going to be a few Mia culpas among our listeners. Um, on Jonathan Gannon, because I think Jonathan Gannon knows what he's doing. I've said right, that let's all along. on next week. After the <laughs> oh, Jaguars I think that was the... a shot right at Diniz. I think no doubt was. about it. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, I mean, how? I mean, it's it's a it's a uh, a bold move of you to poke the bear, knowing that there's another super coming up this week, and he's going to listen to that and maybe uh, dial something mm. up, especially for you. But uh, yeah. a two point swooper. Let's we'll, we'll we'll check in at the quarter poll with Diniz next week if we can to get his thoughts on. His 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 evolving thoughts on Jonathan Gannon, um, and it's it's still early. There is I, you know, I I think Doug Peterson's an outstanding play caller, so I think Jacksonville's really going to find ways to challenge this defense. But I think, and by the way, that that was not intended for Denise. That was intended more for uh, you know I I I do go. Uh, it sounds like a flex. I, I do radio from time to time. From time um, to time. <laughs> More than from time to time, uh, a few mm, regular wow, spots. Now that's a flex. <laughs> yeah, 
Colin Coward <laughs> over here. And uh, the amount of, you know, I, I joked with, 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 with somebody that I don't want to come off as, as like Gannon's agent here, right? The, the results are going to bear itself out. And I, I am critical about Gannon in certain situations, but I also recognize that I, I, I recognize the intent of what he's doing. And, and I think that the personnel is kind of matching what he's doing. I think he's growing as a coordinator. It was hard to defend him after week one, but they've, they've played at a really high level two consecutive weeks and we'll see how, how this goes. But uh, yeah, I, I think he's, he's finding ways to, to be effective without it looking the way it did under buddy Ryan. And, and so much of kind of Eagles fans, it's like, it has to look like it did when buddy Ryan or Jim Johnson was here. And there's, there's more than one way to play defense. Okay. Fair enough. Um, you did, you, uh, this is like one of the, one of the classic things that Zach is like so good at. Uh, thank you. I don't know where this is going, but thank you. During the Jonathan Gannon press conference yesterday, you know, he talks about, uh, he, he mentions like as an aside, like, uh, well, you know, coach has the things that, you know, he, he has the stats that he measures and, you know, we're doing a good job with that. And Zach immediately recalls like exactly what it is. Uh, explain this moment. No. Oh. <laughs> All right. Oh, you, uh, I, you mean explosives and turnovers? Well, no. <laughs> so, uh, and and Gannon's like sheepishly like, yes, you you caught me. No, it, it wasn't like that at all. It was yeah. He he said you've that got all not, the receipts. He's not big on stats, but there are two things that the. So I just want to confirm what those two things are. the The worst thing you can do as a reporter. Well, not the worst thing. There are worse things you can do. <laughs> But one of the worst things you can do as a reporter is Homicide. assume. <laughs> is assume. Is assume, right? Mm. So yeah. uh you you always just just clarify. It's it's the mm. old journalism expression, right? If if uh if you know your mother says she loves you, checks your facts, right? Um, but just trying to make sure that yeah, I knew what he was talking about with those those two stats. And and by the way, that's that's like the spirit behind. Yeah, but you're finding, letting him know that you know what he's talking about. That's not at all what I was. I wasn't trying to let him know that I know. I was trying to to confirm that's what it was. Because when I go and write this, if I assume that's what it is sure. and it's wrong, then all of a sudden that gets passed around the building. Like, what the what, what the hell is this guy talking about? I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not. This is not that thing. thing. You are. You yeah. you are. You are encyclopedic. You've got all this stuff. I don't think that's encyclopedic. It, it's it's that um, when when someone says there's two stats that the head coach cares about, right? Uh, and I go and, and and write that. Any any discerning reader will be like, well, what are those two stats? Yeah. You have to bring that up. And if I say I assume the stats are this, but I didn't actually ask. It was I wasn't asking for like a soliloquy there. I was yeah, but the way that it, you know that the the interplay there was very funny because. Gannon was specifically trying to not say what it was. You called him out on exactly what it was, and he had <laughs> right. and he had to be like, "Well, yes, that's correct." I wasn't trying to do that. I was just trying to confirm. So when, because I had something specific that uh, I w- I was just trying to confirm. That's you're all a truth I was teller. Jumping. You're trying to you're trying to get the truth for the masses, or for our 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 readers. Yes, I hope our readers are the masses. But as it swells into the masses. Certainly, our our readers and our listeners as well. I thought that was good. And 
the Eagles lead the league in explosive plays on offense, and mm-hmm. they haven't turned the ball over. So they have turned the ball over. Oh yeah, they haven't thrown an interception. Sorry, one. They have thrown an interception. Game, oh, yeah, game lost hands. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, Um, but no, they 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 they've been they've been really Again, good. Again, a truth teller. <laughs> the man really, is nothing but facts. No, they they've been really good at this, uh, and we'll see if it continues. Because by the way, Jacksonville has, I mean, the turnover differential mm. that that defense, like uh, you know, I I know Lewis Riddick has 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 been saying this, but if the Mike Caldwell defense keeps this up. Uh, Mike Caldwell comes from a really good coaching tree, right? And Andy Reid is outstanding. Todd Bowles is outstanding. You know, Bruce Arians, uh, I, he's, he's worked for Bruce Arians as, 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 as well, obviously, but he, he has that Bowles background with him. Um, yeah, he's a really good, uh, he's a really good defensive coordinator. I brief, I, I, I've only seen Jaguars in like brief highlights until, uh, yesterday, I tried to pull them up a bit and looked and looked through it, and man, like I, that defense I, is good, man. That defense is good. Um, the offense is 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 creative. Christian Kirk was the butt of a lot of jokes uh, around free agency. What a butt! <laughs> but he is he's playing well. Zay Jones was it the was butt real. of a lot of jokes. It was the touch of a lot of jokes. But it is, you know, Zay Jones has made some plays. Um, I was expecting more when I watched them from from ETN, but I I still think there's a lot to scratch there. Like I I I I think he's he's going to grow. James Robinson. Remember back in the day when the Eagles like um their production stuff was called ETN. Oh yes, Eagles. They rebranded, but it used yes. to be ETN. Yes, yeah. yes, I do I do recall that. Uh, so we'll we'll get Good heavy job, in. We'll get heavy in the Jacksonville on Thursday, but this is going to be a, a good test for the Eagles. I think what surprised me has been uh, how how well they've protected Trevor Lawrence. He's he's facing the lowest pressure rate in the league, um, and that offensive line was was not expected to be quite so good. I mean, it's only been three games, but yeah, I, I didn't focus on on the offensive line, but when I when I've been reading about them, Brandon Sheriff has has been looking like his old 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 self this year. Mm. Uh, one Moa culpa from uh, from rewatching the game uh, from my end. I think I said on the podcast and and wrote in the day after that after his uh, his first series, I thought Jordan Davis was a little bit quiet. That was not the case. He he played well uh, in this game. I thought it was his best game. Um, so I want to just pull that back, retract that, you know, assess the facts as we get them. Um, and Gannon, by the way, still playing. He's still playing. You know, on a relative pitch count, he had the fifth most snaps again for for yeah. defensive tackles. And so, uh, even when he's playing well, I think it's it's in service of keeping everybody fresh. That's good. It's going to be helpful in the long run. But it still goes to the you know the resources allocation we're talking about. This is still a guy who's playing twenty snaps a game. 25. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious to see when and if he's he's going to have more of a third down role. Uh, but it's There's the old no dilemma: it, who do you take off the field? Exactly. Yeah, why? Exactly. Who are you taking off the field? So Cox is playing at a high level. Hargrave looked good. Um, you, you know, uh, so there's the, I, I, I also think this is going to be something that like they're going to have to figure out what that line looks like next year. Um, and I imagine he's going to swell into a bigger role next year. But I mean, he's trying uh, to lose weight. <laughs> see, well, yeah, true. Good point. But he'll have to grow into 
he'll, he'll grow into a bigger role next year. Um, but he is he is contributing. And you ask Gannon, was this the best game he played? And Gannon liked that question because because it, it shows you've been grinding the tape. You also had one. Uh, I, now now we shouldn't be like just trading compliments here. But you I had think one you look on, great. No, you had one on on Monday. And, and, and you've done this a few times with, with Nick, where Nick is really impressed with your football acumen. I don't think the that's questions true. That, I think he's annoyed asking. that I'm asking these questions, but go ahead. No, no, because like you're, you're not asking like the generic, you're playing against Jacksonville. Uh, how excited are you? It's Monday after Peterson a game. Let's side. talk about the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're very specific on, specific on sequencing and the fourth down sequence. And then you had one last well, not last Friday, but the Friday before that he really liked. Um, so yeah, credit to you there. I mean, I, I guess I'm just, I just asked him what happened at the end of the first, like it, I wanted to know as we talked about, cause he said after the game, we wanted to get a touchdown, touchdown there, not yeah. a field goal, which is a yeah. weird thing to say. Like it's still the first half. You'll take the points. Right. Yeah. And I assumed that that meant once they got on the one yard line, we're not going to settle for a field goal, which does make sense. You know, you're so close, you might as well try to score. Um, but he said, yeah, like, we were going for a touchdown there all the way, which is weird. I, I think the one the week before that I'm referencing was oh, yeah, that was about when the they're going for fourth down. downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and they – on third that, down, they know. Yeah. So, anyway. I also wanted to get him on the record about the fourth down at the end of the game, which made sense to me. You go for it because then you keep everybody else off the field. Uh, mm-hmm. You can end the game. But I just wanted to hear him say it. Or you, or or you can be like uh, that that kicker you showed me, who did the onside kick, the pit kicker who did the rogue onside kick, right? Maybe you're just trying mm. to to rub it in. <laughs> that was uh, if you haven't checked that out, check oh, out. That was Bo's, great. Yeah, both showed me they had a third string kicker on the field. They were up by a lot against Rhode Island uh, late he in the goes game. Goes rogue and does a little <laughs> dribble kick and recovers it himself. Yes, <laughs> gets just chewed out on the sideline <laughs> by his own coach for doing it. This but guy's I mean, a memory for a shoot, lifetime. Shoot your shot, absolutely. Yeah. And that kid, you're, that guy's a, that kid is a young king. Are we kidding? Are you kidding me? You're a third string kicker. Also, if you, yeah, you know, this if is his coach, moment. This is his time to shine. Yeah, and if you're a coach from a different, and he school, got the look. Yeah, if you're a coach from a different school and you're looking at the transfer portal right now, you're like this. This guy can kick. This guy can kick on sides kicks, right? That Maybe was he great. can help me there. So, Just yeah, like that out. one. Speaking of uh, uh, college kids getting reamed out. We didn't circle back on your boy, Tommy Reese, from a couple of weeks ago, uh, just pulling a borderline Ken Dorsey in the booth, telling, telling, yelling at his quarterback. So a few things there. First off, um, he's not my boy. Okay. <laughs> number one. Number I mean, two. Number is. two. Number two. Notre Dame is, is playing well right now. And Tommy Reese has, has what do you or mean he's playing, playing well? better. He's playing better. And Tommy Reese is a big part of it. Number Please. three. Uh, this does have an. Well, how do you connection. how do you say he's not your boy and then give me that fluff? If it, it, it does have an Eagles connection to it, and I meant to follow up on this, but there have been a few other things in the locker room that I've I've been working on. By the way, when I say he, you know, Notre Dame put up forty five points in North Carolina last week, right? Um, so so what? Drew Pine, who's there now, their starting quarterback. His answer to what he said he wants hard coaching. He told Tommy Reese to coach like that because that's how he saw Tommy Reese coach Ian Book. Ian Book, of course, now with the Eagles. So I, I haven't asked Ian Book. I, I, I should follow up and ask if Tommy Reese coached like that. But 
Honestly, I, I do have more pressing like things. To, I do have more pressing things to work on in the Eagles locker room. Um, but I don't think it's something we need to cover. I think that if if you want to see, you know, an offense that scored 45 points on, on, on UNC that beat Cal, they're back to two and two. I'm, I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but I'll give credit where it's due in that regard. Mm, yeah. Famously Catholic Zach Berman. <laughs> Syracuse though is is uh you know four and oh they just beat UVA going yeah they're 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 playing well so we discussed that on the previous pod I recall you're trying to get your you're trying to get it in now while you still can <laughs> that's true how many Bayheims on that team on the football team there are none okay. <laughs> how many Pascalonis <laughs> Pascaloni was like four coaches ago <laughs> yes that's still if you ask me who the coach is that's who I would say. I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, who Dude, is the coach? How many guesses would you have to guess to guess Syracuse's coach? I just wouldn't get it. I mean, <laughs> a million. Okay. Well, give me his initials. DB. Oh yeah, you know this, Bo. Dan Baker. No, his first name's Dino. Oh, uh, Babbles. Babers. 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 That sounds like um, like a like an annoying nickname a a, a frat guy would have for his girlfriend. <laughs> It's very specific of you right there. Do you think there's – do you think you can stump me on a college football coach? Do you, do you think you can get a BCS school that I I, I couldn't tell you their coaches? Or do I think BC... I can name one? Yeah. No. Like, No, do but, you think you can stump me? Yeah, I think the answer is no. But Okay. Uh, how should, about, I mean, you might as well try. Um, This is an Eagles podcast. We should... Montana. What's that? Montana. No, I was I, I was talking about Power 5 conference school. So. Okay, well, oh, geez. I, thought, I, thought, I mean, I thought you knew what was going on. Montana used to be Bobby Halk. I don't know who it is. It, it might I, I think Bobby Halk might have gone back. But Who is the head coach at, I mean, Power 5, you're going to get them all. Okay. Indiana. We don't need to do this conversation. Let's, let's get Indiana. back to those. Indiana's Tom Allen. Okay. How about Baylor? Yeah, Dave Aranda. Let's 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 get Nebraska. Back to... Who's going to be the coach at Nebraska? Hmm, good question. That's that's a good one. Um, I think it, it will be Kansas's coach, Lance, Lance, Lance Leopold, but they're playing real well right now. Anyways, let's let's Lance get Duke. back. Lenore. What's that? Duke. Duke. Uh Duke is Elko, Mike Elko. He's a pen guy. Former from uh, Texas A&M. Wake, Wake Forest. Forest. Yeah, Wake Forest. Yeah. Nevada. Uh Colin Kaepernick. So Nevada's Ooh. not, not power five, but Jay oh. Norville just left. He went to Colorado State. I'm just reading comments and, in the chat. <laughs> uh, who did they hire to replace him? I I apologize. I do not know Ooh. that one. Stumped by Kiroma Kier- yeah. something in the chat. <laughs> who are the uh who are the twins? The Martin twins, right? Oh yeah, we were talking about them this weekend. Co- Kobe Martin and Cody Martin. The basketball players. Um, yeah, so Nevada's Ken Wilson. I should, I I would not have gotten that. Anyways, let's let's wrap it up with the Eagles because we got Doug in in an hour or so, and I gotta I I can get ready for that. Um, <laughs> you gotta freshen up. You gonna take you an hour to freshen up for Doug? It's it is a video no, conference. Yeah, you, you have to prepare. You have to prepare. Um, what are you most excited about talking to Doug again? Uh, I'm I'm curious. Look, I'm curious to see what his. I'm curious to take his temperature. Um, <laughs> 
Oh. Right? Like, Where? How you feeling, no. Doug? <laughs> no, you, I I don't know the right way to frame this, but I am curious. Uh, you know, Bill Walsh famously said that he thinks uh, coaches and and executives shouldn't be with a team for you know more than ten years. He thinks after ten years you should change jobs. Now, Doug wasn't in Philly for ten years; he was in Philly for five. But I'm curious <laughs> if if what. So One of the comments. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I am. I am. I'm curious if if Doug thinks that like the what's happened in 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 Philly. If if he would have turned it around, or if, if that year off of being in a different situation, being reinvigorated, um, was advantageous for both sides, right? Yeah. Now. I think any coach is confident to say like, yeah, I, I would have done that. Right. But, uh, but oft, oftentimes the uh, change is good because it, it just brings fresh ideas, fresh perspective, um, different messaging. And so, yeah, I, I think that's, that's beneficial. There's, there's one other thing I, I should add, and I know this isn't a storyline that, that Bo gets into, but uh, it probably is of interest to some fans out there. Okay, so Sirianni's, like so Sirianni's driving down to, um, or they're on the way down to Washington last weekend, and he's he sees the Netflix trailer for the Redeem Team documentary, and he sees Kobe Bryant on there, and he uh, Kobe Bryant talking about playing Paul Gasol and how Paul Gasol is his, his brother, but he's gonna he's 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 gonna kick that guy's rear end right, and so the first play of the game, um, Paul Gasol set up. Uh, he sets the screen and Kobe just rams right through him. Right. Um, and so Sirianni wanted, so he changes what he already had planned on Saturday night to get this in there. And uh, it was a big message. And then I, it got pointed out. It was, uh, we, it was a coincidence that the score was 24 to eight Kobe Bryant's two numbers. Um, so uh, that you can find that in uh, the notes that are on the athletic right now. What does it have to do with Doug? It doesn't. It doesn't have to do with Doug. It was an Eagles. I like that subject. It was an Eagles. Thank you. It was an Eagles topic that I wanted to share with. Okay, with I'm sorry. Yes. I think it would be funny if we all if we all just banded together as a beat and like asked Doug, like, what were you doing going forward on that fourth down? Uh, like very specific game stuff. And, like <laughs> totally. Yeah. Ignore yeah. Uh, the game. It's like the first. Um, if the first question was about injuries, right? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're like who's who's practicing today? Or like, hey, Doug, we never had a chance to circle back on uh, week 17 uh, yes. in 2020. Um, why did you go for it with Nate Sudfeld on that fourth fourth down? Yeah, or it's it's like, do you think Brayon Arnold should have taken the uh, snap distribution that he did? <laughs> yeah. So we never, you know, I'm, I've been waiting to follow up on that. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Um, uh, all right. Well, we're back on Thursday tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow late afternoon. I think. What do we? What did we say? Four thirty. Mm-hmm. And we got another guest. Uh, a special another guest. guest. Are, special are we guest. sharing it or are we? Yeah, I think we can share. We got. We got the man himself, Coach Flynn, coming in tomorrow. Two and zero, Coach Flynn. Right. Two and zero, Coach Flynn, getting ahead of a big game, the uh, the Ivy Opener against Columbia. Andre Yoshivas on fire. Get get his thoughts on uh, Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, Tommy Reese, all that good stuff. Uh, from Coach Flynn tomorrow. So, for Austin and Zach and Marissa and Elijah 
and Michael and Doug. I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you.